Tonight, kind of a continuation of where we were at this morning, and it actually occurred to me that I could have made this morning be half this morning and half tonight. I just, well, I didn't do it. So uh, uh, thank you for being here. It honors the pastor when you're here when he's not, and I thank you for that, and he'll be glad to get a good report that you just don't show up on Sunday night because he's here. Sometimes that burdens pastors because they wonder if you're following the Lord or following them. And so, uh, to your honor, uh, it'll be a joy to tell the pastor they came because they wanted to be together. They came because it was the house of God and it was the right place to be. So, yeah, thank God. Thank God for that. Now, uh, I often have questions. And when I have questions, I normally talk to myself. I know none of you talk to yourself, amen? If you talk to yourself, can I see your hands? If you talk to yourself a lot because you only do that when you want an expert opinion, raise it. There you go. I had a, I had a puzzler in my puzzler this week, and I'm going to share that with you tonight. We might get out of here earlier, but I make no promises. My question was this. I watch the news. Do you? You watch the news, and you come to the conclusion that people are insane. You have young people that think the answer to their problems is to kill other young people. You have politicians that see political power as the end instead of serving people. I was puzzling this week on something I thought was interesting. We have two distinct parties in politics in this country, and they are completely opposite from each other. And whatever one does, if it benefited everybody, the other one would be against. I've known people like that, Brother Bill. Haven't you? They're again everything if you're for it. And I couldn't help but think this to myself. Somebody is suffering from mental illness. And the more I thought about it, I came to the conclusion... All of us are. Look at your neighbor and say, in the name of Jesus, I love you, but you're mentally ill. <laughs> now, I love the spiritual way you looked at each other and laughed while you said it. That, that's life-changing right there. So because I got that kind of response before I ever started tonight, oh, we're going to pray. <laughs> Let's do that right now. And then let's talk about how to be brainwashed one way or the other. Father God, I appreciate your word. I appreciate more than anything your presence. Do you know you said that if we don't know what to do, we have but to ask for wisdom and you'll give it. Well, God, for each one of us, I'm praying for wisdom. I'm praying for discernment. I'm praying that we can tell legitimate from false. 
I'm praying that we don't make the assumption that smart people are as smart as we think they are. I pray that we turn our eyes to you who is the author and finisher of our faith and not place our hopes in fallible men. So help us tonight, Father, to start a process of adjustment that only you can accomplish. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, when you saw the title Brainwash, did it catch your attention? Years ago, do y'all remember the original Planet of the Apes movies? It was so popular they made a television series. How many of y'all remember the television series? One of the baddest of the bad guys was General Ursus. He was a gorilla. And they were going to brainwash some humans. And so... His idea, what it took, is he said, oh, brainwashing, that's where you open the skull, take out the brain, and rinse it in cool water. Then you stick it back in. And he was told, no, that's not the way it works. First off, it's fairly fatal. But I will go on record as saying he may not have had a bad idea with some people I've met. They could use a good rinse. Uh, it may be you. Do you know the biggest hindrance we have to proceeding in the grace and mercies and, uh, of God here on this planet and making a difference in the region and in the community is the fact that we're brainwashed. I want to talk about some of the brainwashing tonight, if you don't mind, and then I'm going to give you a cure. But you've got to stay till I'm done to get it. Say, I'm going to start my own brainwashing. I was actually curious enough this week that I actually investigated a manual that was made by the KGB on brainwashing. I bet nobody ever went there for spiritual advice. Here's what I found out. Now, see if you can glean something from godless people. This is how the three basic steps of brainwashing. Now, the first thing, you've got to have a programmer. That's somebody that's going to tell you your new truth. You with me? They're going to tell you what to believe, and then they're going to enforce it in your life. Got it? So there's got to be a programmer somewhere, and I'm tell you right now, God's an extremely good programmer. Amen. If you'll let him be your programmer. But your default setting is to let something else be your programmer. And if you go with your something else, you will be brainwashed. Actually, I don't know if that's necessarily brainwashed. That's more brain gumped. But you get the program, you know the first thing he's going to do? He's going to limit the amount of information that comes into you so you really only know what he wants you to know. And if he can limit uh, what you know to just what he wants you to know, then he changes the way you look at the world. You with me so far? That's step one. A lot of that goes on today, I'm telling you, in our schools. You're going to get one way of thinking. 
If there's anything I think is, a, if you don't know what to pray for this week, pray for them. Amen. Pray for them because in our high schools, in our colleges, they are being brainwashed in one direction. They're given one story and it's only the story that they want them to hear. We got programmers. You don't think it's on purpose? Well, it is. If you don't believe that, you're brainwashed. The second thing they're going to do is this. The programmer is going to seek to control the subject's behavior <clears throat> because they want you to conform. How many of you are parents? Here, Y'all didn't raise them with authority like you. I am, I'm sorry. Here, I'm a parent. <laughs> you ever had a kid that wouldn't conform? This, this afternoon, I left here and went and met Cindy at Cracker Barrel. And, and of all places you want to eat, we didn't have a lot of time, so we went to Cracker Barrel. We sit down to eat. And when our server came around, I asked her before we prayed if there was anything we could pray for her about. And she said, yes. I, I, sometimes they'll say, no, I really don't want anybody praying for me. I don't know you, you know. But this lady was happy somebody would pray. You know what she wanted to pray for? She said, I love my 18-year-old son but he's making me nuts. And I'm thinking, I'm with you, sister. Because something happens to our kids. This is the wages of sin, is children's brains. God gave them skulls, and then it had a good brain in it, and I don't know what happened, but it had to be sin. But I said, what is it exactly that's going on? And he, he said, she said this, that boy won't listen to reason. He'll listen to everybody else, but he won't listen to me. And I was thinking, yeah, because he's brainwashed. He, there's some young people in here right now, maybe some old people that used to be young people, and you thought your parents were nuts when they tried to correct your behavior, tried to help you to grow into adulthood, to be a a conscious man or woman? Because I think half the people in this country right now are unconscious. You know, they need a good one of these. Wake up. But she just wanted me to pray that her son would listen to a parent. And I said, does he think he knows everything? And she looked at me and goes, oh, yeah. You ever get one there, they're twisting their head. Oh, that's serious. <laughs> so we did. I prayed with her and Cindy right there because you know what? I'd love to tell you my kids were perfect. They are perfect in spots. It's sort of like mange, just a little bit. <laughs> but they've got potential. But the world is not agreeing with me when I'm trying to teach my kids. You go, to, you go to school and they'll tell you that God didn't create everything. Everything was an accident. That there's no such thing. That God is right up there with the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus. They're wrong. All you got to do is you got to have the programmer, remember? 
And what he wants to do is control the information. If you control the information, you can make people conform. You know, I want you to be conformed tonight, but not conformed to the world, as the Bible says. I want you to be conformed to the image of Christ. That's something God does. Because, hey, you're going to have to have a programmer, and I'm all for the Lord being my programmer. What about you? If I can get him doing the programming, and he gives us instructions so we can become more like his son, that sounds like such a good deal. He didn't have to, but he loves you enough to do it. So the programmer wants to limit the amount of information you get. The world is never going to be on board with Christianity. Just deal with that. Don't wonder why they act the way they do. The default setting of the world is stupidity. The default setting of the world is more worldliness. It's that people have all the answers. Oh, I'll take that back. Only smart people have all the answers, and they want to tell you what to do. Why do you think the government operates the way it does? Limit the amount of information and try to control the subject's behavior. Now, this is a congregation of behaved people. That was a good amen spot for you. Or a giggle spot. But the world wants to control the way you think so you will agree with whatever the world wants. The third thing that, and remember, I got this from the KGB, isn't this cool? I'm going to be arrested after we're over because I've been in contact with the Russians. Yeah. Nobody leave. I'll know what you're doing. <laughs> the third thing that the programmer wants to do is apply just a subtle amount of stress, you know? And they do that to the subject to distract them from the process that they're being brainwashed. They want a little stress in your life. Uh, if you do that long enough, you get the conditioned response you want, Brother Benny. See? You, you've got to, you control everything you can control. And you do all that for the sole purpose of making you a kind of people that are biddable. You don't hear that word very often. It means that now you only see the world from that standpoint and all others are irrelevant. You with me? I've sat there and listened to Republicans and Democrats argue over stuff that, to me, I learned as common sense. And how could one person, A, I'm not going to beat up on parties. They do a good job of making themselves look silly. How could people that were raised in the same country with the same set of rules, with probably good parents, end up so opposed to each other they can't agree on, on the color of the sky. And all I can come to the conclusion of, at first I used to say, well, somebody's brain damaged. And I thought, no, somebody's brainwashed. The reason our students leave a growing ministry in a church where they've been since they were kids and then they get into college and they fall off the face of the map is because of the brainwashing. I'll take it a step further. 
The reason you don't trust God to your fullest extent is because the world has brainwashed you and me. Now, I'd like to say that I'm thinking, after considering it from every angle, I'm not sure brainwashing's bad if it's the right kind of washing. I think God will like to get a conditioned response from me. Don't you think? This means uh uh-huh. I think he's going to add a little stress to my life so I'll conform. I think that's called sanctification. So I guess to make a long story short, are you going to let the world brainwash you or are you going to let God brainwash you? I'll get to the outline in a minute. If you've got a brain, can I see your hand? I'll pray for the rest of you. God love you. You may be the safest person in here. As long as you remember where you left it, you're good. You grew up in a a place where everybody had a different kind of normal. Everybody's family situation was not the same. Everybody's, Everybody's... Good days and bad days weren't the same. Uh, We weren't made, our families weren't cookie cutters. We had days and family situations for some of you that were terrible. For some of you, it was great. And it, it created an environment where you could operate and have a chance. Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity tonight. Take your Bible and turn over to the book of Philippians. Philippians, if you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Chapter 4. Now, I figured there's a couple of things that we could do since we already know the world is out to control our behavior. You've got to be on your guard, don't you? Guard your heart and mind. That means when I say that, don't let the world cause your emotional experience and don't let them control the way you think. Okay? Look at this. Philippians 4, verses 7 and 8. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts, okay, and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. That's brainwashing. God's way. Now, your first bullet point, just so we can keep on target. It's the peace of God that guards your heart and mind. So really, I'm going to give you a good starting spot tonight. If you don't know him personally, you're not going to have the peace of God. 
If he has not already started a transforming process in your life, no amount of acting like a Christian is going to substitute the presence of the Almighty. If God is here, it's not a matter of me acting in a way that may please God. It's God in me that's adjusting things. I need fixing. You ever get up in the morning and you're sideways? I mean, you get up and you haven't done a blessed thing yet and already the worst thing you did was turn on the television or the radio while you're getting ready to go to work and suddenly you realize... This, this world reeks. Why do I want to go out there? You know? There's some days I get up and I get up mad. Don't watch the late news before you go to sleep. It'll give you nightmares. You'll be mad at people you've never met. You'll roll over and kick your beloved in the middle of the night in anger. And it ain't her fault. End your day with, with God's word bathing your mind and granting you peace and you'll rest better too. It's the peace of God that guards our hearts and minds. You know, the peace of God that he gives us is one of the evidences that the spirit of God dwells in you. If the Spirit of God is dwelling in you, you get all that good stuff Galatians mentions. Good, uh, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. How many of y'all could use that? Amen. That's brainwashing too. Isn't it? That's a good wash though. I remember growing up, my mama, when we were little boys, used to give us the option of washing ourselves. And then inspection and then rewash. <laughs> and Mama had a, a, two gifts. The first gift was to find in the only dirty spot I missed. And the second was the ability to scrub right down to my skull, right back here. Because there's not enough meat back there, but it must have been a special kind of dirty because she got a Brillo pad. She's bearing down. I survived childhood, thank the Lord. And I survived clean, at least on the outside. But on the inside, I was rebelling because my mother was trying to skin my head. You may have had a mama like that too. You ever have your mama get on to you when you're in public because she wants you to mind your manners? In church too. See, thank the Lord I didn't grow up in church. Isn't that a funny thing to say? Because I knew people that did. I could always tell who was in church on Sunday because of the bruises right here. You know why? Because there were, you got it, mamas and grandmamas, if they weren't paying attention or they fell asleep or they giggled in the wrong spot, you reach over and you get you a finger pinch full. Heard a guy talking about that once. He said his grandmama would pinch and twist. He said the pinch was from God, the twist was from the devil. <laughs> well, that was kind of brainwashing too, wasn't it? Guard your heart and mind and let God help. 
If you want to be an utter failure in your Christian life, leave God out of it. Think you can do this on your own and read the next Christian help, self-help book and that's going to get you over the hump. I, no book is going to fill that void. Lean on the understanding of Almighty God who already knows it all. It's not going to be based on man's wisdom, even a Christian man. It's going to be based on the sustaining power of Almighty God. That changes everything. Amen. Because here's something else that'll happen. You'll lose heart when God's peace is missing. You may start well and then fall flat on your face. Did I just describe anybody? How many of you started your Christian life that way? You start off, you were excited, you could not wait to let somebody know what God had done in your life, and you were cruising for a couple of months until you had your first issue that came up in your life, and then you said to yourself something like this. Well, I tried that Christianity thing. It didn't work for me. You know what I'm talking about? Then you didn't go anymore. You know what you're missing, don't you? You're missing this peace. Peace is something God grows in you, but sometimes he has to work on you first. One of the funniest things I ever see people try to do when they're new Christians is try to serve a, a holy God in an unchristian way just because they want to do something. And all they know to do is the unchristian stuff. But their, their heart is getting in the right spot, but it's not there yet. Well, I guess whose job it is to help? It's your job to help. Help people grow. That's called discipling them. Don't let anybody know this, but discipling is brainwashing. Y'all didn't know how serious this thing was, did you? Because here's what will happen. If you don't guard your heart and mind, number next, you'll turn to something to fill the void. Now, the pastor has the, the book, and we've got the classes going on here on painkillers. I guarantee you that this is where you start turning to the wrong painkiller. When you've tried that Christian thing, you'll move on to something else. And it may be drugs or alcohol, inappropriate relationships. You know the ones we've talked about. Fill in the blank and then think to yourself, did I do that? And you may come to an old me moment. Look at 1 Peter 1.13. It gets us to an interesting statement right off the bat. If you can't get there fast enough, just look on the screen because it's just the one scripture I want you to see here. But it's given us some information uh, that's brainwashing information. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. I want to stop right there for a minute. Gird up the loins of your mind. Do you know what it means to gird up your loins? This term came about from biblical times when the guys were fighting in dresses. I can only imagine. I'm looking at a few of you guys. And... <laughs> but what you would do is they would take that skirt and they would bring it up here and tuck it back under their belt so it was make it more like shorts. So when it was time to run, you could run. It was preparation to move. 
When's the last time you girded your mind up like that because it's not time to marinate, it's time to run? Gird up the loins of your mind. You only did that when you had two things to do. You had to run or you had to fight. So which one do you think this has to do with? We're supposed to flee from evil. That's the running part. But to gird up the loins of your mind means you're getting ready to fight. Those giants like we talked about this morning. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I know this is going to be a shock. Prepare yourself. There's a lot of work involved in being a Christian. I know somebody told you that it was a piece of cake. But if you've been a Christian long enough, you probably realize it is not easy to live a Christian life. In fact, it's impossible. You can't do it without help, can you? All right. Finish this statement for me. A mind is a terrible thing. I knew you'd say that, but I'm going to just cut it off right there. I'm just going to tell you right up. A mind is a terrible thing. Period. Period. Because I guarantee you that before the night is over, some of you will go from a spiritual thought to a sinful thought just like that, and it might even be when you're praying. You ever have that happen? Did you hear how many people agreed just then? Well, I may or we may not pray together tonight then. It's a, we don't take any chances. But you see what I'm talking about. Sin is always at the door. You need protection. Can you do it yourself? Can you change your mind yourself? You know, earlier we were talking about the brainwashing part of if it's whatever's true, whatever's lovely, whatever is pure. Think on these things. Well, you've got to make yourself think this way. Don't let the world stop you from thinking like that. Now, I'm going to tell you real quick. The world doesn't want you thinking those kind of thoughts. They don't create movies to make your thoughts pure or music, or video games. In fact, they try to get you to be discontent with how your life is to make you want what you shouldn't have. Am I wrong? Because once the world can get you doing this, making a compromise, moving a little bit more in the wrong direction, then the brainwashing has begun and you're, you will now make excuses for to do the things that you once thought were wrong. That's called compromise. <clears throat> Write this down. Compromise never honors God. If you're about to do something boneheaded and it occurs to you, I wonder if I should do this, just don't do it. God needs us to have good brains. 
A mind is a terrible thing. Three pounds of gray matter can get you in so much trouble. Have you ever convinced yourself to do something because you convinced yourself that between you and God it was all right? Well, that is brain damage. Look at this. Here's something that will help you with all of the above. Practice a mental fast. You know what fasting is? You know what fasting is? It rhymes with not eating. But a, a mental fast could be uh, just as significant as not eating. You know, there's lots of ways to fast. The purpose of a fast is to get you in a more of a spiritual mode instead of in a fleshly mode. Oh my goodness, fasting is brainwashing. And what you can do with a mental fast is change the way you think. Am I going to help you right now? I want to tell you something, and I want you to think about it until I tell you to not think about it anymore. Let's see how good you are at this. You ready, Teej? All right. I want you to think about a purple puppy. Yeah, if you hold them by the neck long enough, they're bluish, but purple. Purple puppy. Can you see the purple puppy in your mind? Close your eyes for me. Yeah. And go purple puppy. And you're going, what breed is it? I don't care. It's a purple puppy. Just a purple puppy. Have you got the purple puppy in your head? Is he pretty? Wouldn't you love to own a purple puppy? And he's just sweet and friendly. His little purple tail is just a wagon because he's with you. All right, great. Now stop thinking about the purple puppy. Go ahead, quit thinking about the purple puppy. No more purple puppy. That's silly, isn't it? Purple puppies don't exist. No more purple puppy. Have you stopped thinking about it yet? Of course not, because I keep bringing it up. You cannot stop thinking about something that you're trying not to think about. Can you? All right, I'll go back to fasting when I talk about mental fast. When you begin a, a, a normal fast, what are you thinking about? Food. And, and people say, uh, uh, no, it was deeply spiritual. I never once thought about food. Then you're doing it wrong because I am telling you, all I've got to have is the knowledge it's not there to want it. You know what I'm talking about? And what the purpose of the fast is is not for you to overcome hunger. It's for you to learn how to resist temptation. Because if you can resist the refrigerator when your gut is saying, it's speaking in tongues. Yeah. If you can resist that physical temptation, then you are learning how to resist that it will keep you strong to resist the spiritual things you need to resist later. That's the purpose. That's how come you got to fast more than once in your life. Amen? Amen. Somebody say, I can't understand why you got to do it. If I can't understand, I'm not going to do it. Trust me, fasting yields benefits whether you understand how it works or not. Are the lights on in here? Can you see what you're doing? Do you understand how electricity works? 
Yeah, you know that there's currents that run through and make that happen, but you can't see it happen. Are you uh, going to sit in the dark till you figure it out? No, you're going to flip the switch on. There's your fasting right there. Learn how to want what God wants you to want. Practice a mental fast. Here's your list. You ready? I want you to have true thoughts. Where are you going to get those from? The Word of God. I want you to have honest thoughts. And just thoughts. Does the list look familiar? Pure thoughts. Lovely thoughts. Good reports. I like those. Virtuous thoughts. Hey, the last one's a good one. Praise thoughts. Praise thoughts. So what, what when I said you need to have a practice a mental fast, what are you fasting from? Nothing on that list. Fast from everything else. Eat these. Live with these. Let your mind be renewed with these things. The true thoughts, the, the pure ones, the honest ones. Do you think those kind of thinking would honor God? Yes, it would. In fact, it will put you in a good spot to get to those last thoughts, the praise thoughts. I'll give you another little a praise brainwash. Try this. You'll like this, Brother Andy. When you come in here to worship, sometimes you're going through the motions and you're not worshiping at all. Sometimes you think it's so important for me to sing that I'm just going to sing and, and whatever. Let me tell you what. Sometimes come in here and to the glory of God, don't do anything but let God speak to you with the song. Let Him transform your life by what it's saying, not its rhythm. And suddenly you can find that worship's a whole different animal for you now. That you went past it just being a filler before the message starts to the connection with God it was intended to be. That's brainwashing too. You didn't realize so much was brainwashing, didn't you? You're going to leave here tonight and say, we went into church and we were going to hear about the Word of God and all Rick talked about was washing my brain. Well, if we're going to wash it, what we're going to wash him with? Well, your second point on there is wash your brain with the Word of God. Go over to Romans 12 real quick. And yes, I see that I have 8 minutes and 35, 34, 33 seconds. Y'all have a fast clock, I'm just telling you. Y'all have heard this one before, grab him. I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Beseech means I'm begging you. By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Uh, the better word for service there, it's your reasonable worship. Your actions today, not just in this house, but at home, in your car, on your job, in your thought life, is an act of worship. Everything you're doing is an act of worship. I beseech you to present your bodies a living, worshipful sacrifice unto the Lord. That's what it's saying right here. And verse 2, be not conformed, pressed into the mold of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Your mind. I told you a mind is a terrible thing unless it's a renewed mind. A renewed mind is a washed mind. 
brainwashed. That you may prove that which is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Would you be interested in knowing what the good and acceptable and perfect will of God is in your life? Would you? If you do it, say amen. Good, then start brainwashing yourself with better than Todd, better than uh, some of the best stuff out there. Cindy got some stuff. Tina used it in our house. It was something from Dollar Tree or someplace. It's something orange, and it takes off goo like nobody's business. And if it worked on brains, I'd squirt you. If you need some holy comet, yeah. Be not conformed, be transformed by having your mind renewed because what's happening in your head is going to control what the rest of you is doing. Amen? Verse 3, For I say through the grace given to me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Here, real quick, the point's under here. To be conformed means to be molded under pressure. The world wants to conform you to what it looks like. You know one reason the world hates Christians? Because a Christian is light. Light exposes. Every time you're near a non-Christian... They're bothered by your presence if you're the right kind of Christian. If you're a Christian in reality and not in name only, that should affect the way people are when they're around you. Sometimes you may make people uncomfortable. It's okay. God doesn't need us watered down. He needs you at full strength, doesn't he? God doesn't need you with the wishy-washy gospel, he needs you with the only one we have. To be molded under pressure. Do not be conformed to this world. It warns us about the world system, the popular culture, the popular way of thinking. And I hear some of these goobers out of Hollywood don't have a clue what they're talking about. The reason they're actors is because they don't tell the truth. They act out lies. Why do I want their wisdom? If I've got politicians that's never had a real job that is trying to tell me how to live and how to give, I'd rather trust the God that showed me how to give, not somebody that tells me to give. If I'm going to be brainwashed, I'm going to, I'd like to be in the right camp when it's being done. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Being transformed, your next point down there, means to be recreated into something new. I know what Rick's old brain was like. I would love to have brought it for you to see, but it's such a small thing, you wouldn't be able to see it from where you're seated. God had to change Rick. The Rick that stands here today is not the Rick that Jesus saved. At that day, I was utterly lost, utterly selfish, utterly prideful, utterly out of his will, but felt good about myself till somebody 
shared the light of Christ with me, doggone it, and ruined my good time. From that point on, that nasty brain I had, that worthless life I was living, God has been polishing and scrubbing. He's, he's had me under a different kind of pressure, the pressure of love. And you know what? I'm here today because of it. And you are too. What he touches becomes new, right? You're a new creature. Is it because he changed the outside? No, you still look like you looked when you were lost. But he sure has been doing a work on the inside, hasn't he? And the more that he becomes the Lord of your life, the more that you are being conformed into the image of his son. You see, the end result for a Christian is to utterly not resemble the world. You're being, you have a choice. I'm either going to let the world conform me, but if I let God transform me from the inside out, I end up looking like Jesus. The, the one that went to prepare a place for me. The one I get to be an heir with. The one that becomes my brother because I'm adopted into the family. That's transformation. And one fine day, when it's all said and done, I am going to a place that makes this place look really bad. Revelation 21 talks about a new Jerusalem, Brother Bill. A new heaven, a new earth. I get to talk about that tomorrow night, Vicki. For three hours, three glorious hours. Because there's a lot that we have to look forward to. And you have no idea how wonderful it's going to be. You know why? Your brain's not been washed good enough yet. Here's the way it works with sanctification. God started that work in your life, and you go through some of the pressures, some, some of the trials, some of those things, and you're wondering where God is. Where do you think He is? He's in there making you new. He's in there conforming you to the image of Christ. He's scrubbing the you out of there and replacing it. You've got to learn how to think different so you can act different. Well, well let, me, let me qualify that a little bit. I don't want you to be acting. I want you to be being. I want you to be a Christian, not act like one. Because acting is something you may act like something else tomorrow. I want you to be something so significant you can't be anything else. That's total transformation. That's utter brainwashing. Go God. Here's something. God's pruning of our mind allows us to think in a clear, godly way. Do you ever think that you're being pruned? Not that you look like a prune. I mean, you're pruned. Over in, in John 15, it talks about God being a husband and him, him pruning. Now, when you're pruning something, what are you pruning it for? What are you cutting off? You're controlling the growth by taking off some of the, some of the stuff that shouldn't be there. If you want to have a good harvest of healthy fruit, you can't let it grow wild. Right? 
So God's pruning is taking place where? Is he cutting off fingers and toes? No, he's pruning you here. He's pruning you right there. And as he's pruning you right there, guess what's happening? You're growing that fruit that he wants you to have. All that stuff I mentioned earlier, the love, joy, peace, so forth. That's what he's doing. He's pruning. John 15, uh, 1, I'm the true vine. My father is the husbandman. That means he's the gardener. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he, he purges. Purges means prune, by the way, same word. That it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean. Here's that word again. You're pruned. Pruned through what? The word I have spoken to you. You didn't even know they were clippers, did you? God's pruning shears. The Word of God. Next, allow God's Word to control your heart and mind. Psalm 119.11 says, Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you wouldn't, didn't know better, you'd swear a verse like that was brainwashing. Where did you hide that word? In your heart. When it says heart there, it's talking about here, isn't it? I'm going to hurry in the not, no time at all that I have left. I want you to do something for me, and you don't have to do all this tonight, but I want you to do a favor for me, and we'll end on this. Turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. This transformation process isn't a one-time event. You've got to keep doing that. That's why I call section three, rinse and repeat. You're going to brainwash. I've seen that on shampoo bottles, haven't you? They've got directions as if you didn't know. Or they think you're going to take an unopened bottle and scrub it on your head and that helps. No. You put it in, you know, and you rinse it and then you do it again. You know why? Because your hair gets dirty. You know, one time doesn't take care of things, does it? You have to have this adjustment made. So you rinse and repeat. I have found you something to transform your mind, and I want you to do this. I ain't going to ask you, make you promise me, but if you did it, it, was gonna, it may help you because I love you. Romans 8, okay? That's good stuff. That's not coming up on the screen, but you turn there, aren't you? It starts off with verse 1 saying this. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. That's washed people, by the way. It starts there, and then it ends at verse 39 down here with this. I'll start with uh, verse 37. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now between... 
Those verses is a lot of territory. And while you're looking at it, here's what my instructions for you are. Make Romans 8 so cotton pick and personal that it's part of your transformation process. Because here's what I need you to do is remind yourself who you belong to. You would start sort of like this. Speaking for myself, there is now no condemnation for Rick because he's in Christ. Go on down, say to, uh, 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 gosh, I keep wanting to do the whole thing, but I'm, I'm resisting temptation right now. Verse 10. If Christ be in Rick, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Plug your name in here and make it personal from verse 1 all the way through verse 39. Because ultimately where you'll end up with this, and this is transforming, this is, oh my goodness, this is brainwashing. This is good brainwashing. Rick is persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities. You with me? No powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any creature shall separate Rick from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, his Lord. Washed. Are you brainwashed by the world? Are you brainwashed... By the Lord. Thank God he didn't leave this brain alone. He is so good at house cleaning. If you are willing to let him wash, he will come into that brain of yours that's suffering some days and cob the cobwebs and sweep the floors and mop polish. Might have to spit polish some of it. And that's because he loves you enough to brainwash you. To get you out of the worldly way of thinking. To bring you to a new life that not only changes yours, but everybody around you. Because someone will come to you and ask about the hope that's in you if this is your life. So as the Brother Randy and the group come, I successfully kept you late again. Don't tell on me. I heard that. Wash your brain. Y'all stand with us. This morning when I was talking about David fighting a giant, the armies of Israel were brainwashed into believing they couldn't defeat a giant. But there was a young man that had spent time with God that had been brainwashed into trusting God with all his heart, mind, soul, and strength. Is that you? Well, you can answer that one yourself. But right now, I'm going to leave you with this as our ministers come down. You're going to be brainwashed by somebody And God stands ready. 
to not just save you because that's only part of the plan. He wants to sanctify you by the renewing of that mind that, that sometimes causes you grief, but that God can use for His glory. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but doggone it, it sure makes you usable in the kingdom. It gives you a testimony and it reminds you who you belong to. If you've not been brainwashed, I'm inviting you to do that tonight. And you say, what a crazy statement to make. The world says it's foolish to trust Christ. Well, call me a fool, because I do. If you've never trusted him tonight, you can start a process of God making your life greater and grander than you ever dreamed of. So as we pray right now, bow your heads and think to yourself this. Am I everything that God needs me to be? Have I made some awful decisions and hoped that God was okay with it? Have I been growing consistently in Christ? Has His love been flowing through me in such a way that people around me ask about that hope that's in me? If that hasn't described you, then maybe you need to come tonight and leave that pride behind. Ask God to help you with that worldly thinking. Commit yourself to a life of letting God be in control and not yourself. If you need that, then while we sing, why don't you come?